0: We should build upon our successes. You know, if there's already a nucleus of density, I think that's where additional development should happen. There's no need to have islands of development. Let's work to make what exists already stronger.
1: My name's Johnny Reinhardt, and I've lived in Southwest Michigan most of my life. It's such a wonderful community full of so many great things, but the best part is the people, families, history, and especially the stories that make it great. And with every story, you have to start somewhere. This is Start From The Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Start From the Beginning. And I'm very excited about my guest today. His name is Ken Ankley and he's somebody that I've known of uh, in the art community, and many people know of him and the great work that he does and really what he has been doing to kind of revitalize some great historical buildings in the downtown benton harbor arts district and really all throughout the community and his family has been in, uh, in southwest michigan for many generations and i finally had a chance to sit down and talk with him about life uh, family uh, ideas and sort of uncovering uh, hidden history behind a lot of the buildings around our community and so much more so i hope you enjoy this uh, conversation when we start from the beginning with ken ankley Ken, how
0: are you? I'm good, Johnny. Thank you.
1: Good to have you on the podcast. You know, this is one that I, I love to I love to have these conversations, get to know people. Um, and to be honest, you and I, I don't know if we've ever officially met in person. We've seen each other, I'm sure, throughout the community all the time. Uh, you're very, very busy doing a lot of different things. I'm busy. Um, so... Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where, do you, did you grow up here? Are you born and raised? Did you come here?
0: No, I'm uh, fifth generation Southwest Michigan.
1: Fifth generation. So,
0: yeah, my family. Um, so on my father's side, uh, we, go, we were grocers back in the day in okay. St. Joe, yeah. early uh, part of the century. And on my mom's side, uh, my great-grandfather was captain of the Coast Guard. Wow! Wow! In the twenties,
1: and nobody at any point said, "Hey, let's get out of here." No, no, not really. (laughs) That's awesome. I've not known somebody that is a fifth generation. I mean, you you meet some farmers and and some people that are that are in the community, but um. So then they were that many generations doing all those different things. Um, what was it like growing up in Southwest Michigan?
0: it was great i'm you know we grew up um block away from saint joe high school mm-hmm. on a ravine so it was kind of the wild west back there cowboys and indians and whatnot that's awesome so did you go to saint joe high school yes, then yes okay
1: okay awesome um what was it like growing up what, were, what what did you do what were your what were your big activities that you were into
0: uh big outdoors you know they it was back in the day when your parents would send you out in the morning and mm-hmm. Ask you to be back by dinner. I mean, whatever <laughs> went in went on in between was fair game. Do you miss that? I mean, absolutely.
1: I feel like that's what what is missing with a lot of the younger generation is that that go and just you know whether it be creative, be innovative, you know, build something, hurt yourself a little bit every once yeah. in a while.
0: It was all about discovery, you know, whatever it, that meant, whether it was athletics or nature or and and there was a lot of both of those things building forts um yeah that was that was big did
1: you build what was the biggest fort you built
0: uh well it wasn't size it was more about how creative they were whether it was a tree house you know we might have multi-level tree house or, or something like that
1: oh cool does it still exist do you know
0: the tree is there. I don't believe any of the uh, structure. The tree house the structure. Okay, yeah, it's been uh, it's been at least ten or fifteen years. But it
1: it stood up for for what you needed oh, sure. it to do. Oh sure, that's awesome. And then uh, did you get into different activities and things like that in, in high school? What was your what was what was young Ken like?
0: Uh, athletics. Yeah. Ba- basketball, baseball, golf.
1: Okay. I
0: was was a little guy, so uh, you know, I was like Adam Ant on the basketball court. But
1: (laughs) so, at any point when you were when you were growing up and when you were playing sports, did you think I'm going to be really good at a certain sport?
0: Oh, of course. Everybody who's in sports thinks they're good. I mean, and were you good? No, (laughs) no, (laughs) completely average. (laughs) So you never thought because that's
1: that's what sometimes people when they live in a small area and they want to. You know, if they have those aspirations of moving out of out of the area, sports, if they're in that, or if they're in theater or music or something like that, they're like, that's my ticket. That's what's going to take me out of here. Did you ever have that,
2: that
0: no, sort of feeling? Because reality came home to roost pretty early on. Yeah. I mean, I made it to the JVs uh, in basketball, and that was it. Never varsity? Never varsity. <sighs> no. A little better in golf, but... That's awesome. a lot of good golfers out there.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Um, so that wasn't your ticket. Did you ever, so you being a fifth generation, did you or any, do you have siblings? Two, two sisters and a brother. Two sisters and a brother. Did any of them have that, that aspiration? Because being five, gener- being the fifth generation of people here in Southwest Michigan, you, there's got to be one generation that says, all right, we're, we're not going to do what everybody else does. We're going to get out of here. We're going to, we're going to go.
0: Actually, both of my sisters left town. Okay. They're
2: but you o- they're, stayed. They're
0: older. My brother's younger and he he remained. So he and I went into the family business. Okay. Um, and my sisters married and, and left, left town and followed their husbands. Yeah. To their careers.
1: And so that, then you guys took the, uh, took the reins of the family business. Correct. What is the family business?
0: So Brammel Supply. Yeah. Which is still around, mm-hmm. um, was our family business. We are not related to Bramble. Okay. Bramble was founded by a guy named Edward Bramble in 1873. Wow. So we were the oldest business in Benton Harbor Yeah, uh, up until a couple of years ago when uh, the business was moved to St. Joe. Sure. So we can't claim to be the oldest business in Benton Harbor anymore. Right,
1: right, right. Um, but it I went. At what point did you start working in the family business? Because, like you said, you were you're busy playing golf. You were busy playing basketball. You're doing all that. Did you
0: even have time for that stuff? Oh yeah. Um, so my dad was an avid golfer, mm-hmm. and he he, um, he took over the business when my great uncle passed away. So you go back to uh, a couple of generations. My great uncle was the third owner of the company. He passed away. And my dad assumed the role. Uh, and then I assumed the role after he passed away. But my dad, being a great golfer, um, naturally we spent a lot of time on the golf course. Yeah. And at point, some point, he says, "You're going to work after school at the business, and right. Um, you can squeeze golf in, but you're still going to work after school." Yeah. Yeah. You get, you have a little bit of fun, but in the end, work
1: has to get done. There that go. that's how it has to be. Um, and so you've you've now had you have kids. Three girls, three girls, and they still in the area?
0: Kind of still in the only area. Only one, only one. Yeah, one. Uh, my oldest daughter's in Milwaukee, and my youngest daughter is in Philadelphia. Okay, okay.
1: And so, when you were you, when did you take the reins of of being like, I guess, more in charge? When did your dad was it, Were you still in high school, and your dad said, "All right, oh, can to no. give you more responsibilities," or did he? Oh no, it he wait.
0: We, yeah, we were. Pushing the broom for a few years, um, <laughs> And then college and came back uh, in 1979. Yes, yeah. and assumed a more uh, important role, just because somebody had retired. They needed, they, there was a need for something. Did you like sweeping the floors? I didn't mind it. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of nice getting a paycheck. When you've never had a paycheck? Right.: It really doesn't take much to yeah, wet your beak.
1: Yeah. And you feel, I I don't know about you, but I I know sometimes when you work for family, you have this sense of, I have a little bit of job security because we have a family business. So at least there's a chance I'll have the job. But was your dad ever hard on you to say, I'm going to treat you just like all the other employees? You're not going to get any
0: special treatment? Yeah. There was no favoritism. But even. So when you are the son of the owner, whether uh, whether it's implied or real, you're there's still people look at you differently when you're you're the offspring of the owner. Right. Yeah. You know, you cut your own teeth, you make your own way. It it was was not difficult Yeah. hold up your end of the bargain and it's fine.
1: You're the chief executive of uh, sweeping. Correct. Maintenance. Yeah. (laughs) And so, what's a? Let me ask you this: You know, your dad probably taught you a lot of life lessons. He taught you how to uh, obviously run a business uh, and those things. But is there a thing that sticks out to you that is one of those life lessons that your your parents taught you that you say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this and hold on to this. This is how I'm gonna live my life." But also, I'm gonna then also teach this to my kids. What is there? Is there one of those things that sticks out?
0: Well, there is, but it's not something I probably have understood until later in life. Right. Um, although um, it was always there. And that was don't do not do something because somebody else wants you to do it. Do it because you want to do it. Yeah. Whatever that is. Um, so career-wise, if you want to come to work for me, that's fine, but don't feel obligated. Oh, well, that's good. But I did feel obligated. Sure. Yeah, because it's like, well, dad, yeah, you know, you're going to say
1: that. But really what I know you need is that you need not only somebody to help, but eventually you're going to stop working. And you'd probably like, he would probably have liked to to keep the business within the family. And everybody's always like that. You don't want to, you don't want to look at all the hard work that you've done and then realize that that next generation doesn't want to, to handle it, unless you have some sort of other way yep. to pass it off, whether it's keep it in the family, you like to do that. Yep, um, that's really great. Um, and so, then, are your kids? Do you do you hope that family business wise, your kids take over the family
0: business is still around? So you want to. You want them to hold, hold on to it? Well, the business is still around, but we no longer own them. You're no longer involved. We, we in sold okay. the business um, in 2017. Okay. By we, I mean um, myself, my yeah. brother. Uh,
2: yeah.
3: So the time was right. Yeah. Um,
0: I didn't see a generational transition to my girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nature of the business had changed quite a bit. Sure. Um a lot of different factors at play it just seemed like the best time to call it right. call it a day and play some more golf you know I <laughs> thought I was going to but I didn't didn't happen <laughs>
1: there's still time there's still time when you when you let something go maybe you get some more free
0: time you know the golf thing is a kind of a little odd sidebar story because yeah. I was an, I have a avid golfer for a long. long time and I always thought when I retired I would play a lot of golf, and the exact opposite
3: is true. We kind of got off on this um,
0: real estate renovation, redevelopment, and that kind of became the same passionate pursuit that golf had been for most of my adult life. So just switched gears, and all of a sudden, golf is not all that important.
1: That's how I feel about golf. That's how I feel like <laughs> that when I retire, I'll start playing golf. Because I don't play golf now. I, I've done it before when I was younger, but I feel like when I retire, that's what I'll do. Maybe. You might. But who knows? You know, paths have changed. Let's talk about this 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 renovation thing. Because that's one of the main reasons why I, I wanted to talk to you because over the years, um you've really been I I would say the spark that has been one to take these uh, buildings that are in the community and say there's still there's still something there there's still life in those buildings. What made you decide to do something like that? Do projects because obviously family business being what building supplies and and, and things industrial like that supplies. industrial supplies yep. and stuff like that. So did you? Are you the one swinging the hammer, or do you just are you the one that has the vision?
0: The latter, the vision. I'm yeah. not mechanical, and I don't pick up hammers. But you at see, all. you see
1: the end result of like this could be something.
0: Well, yeah, there were some uh, catalysts, you know, yeah. along the way that kind of just prompted us to look at the building in a different way, our location in a different way. Uh, there were a lot of things going on around us in the uh late 90s yeah. and, and 2000s that just kind of opened our eyes to some other possibilities
3: yeah um you know the arts district mm-hmm. which kind of began in the 90s in a early sort of way
0: um oddly enough I didn't really notice much of what was going on as far mm-hmm. as the Arts District, even though I went to work there every day. Right. It was almost kind of like I had blinders on. <laughs> but um, somewhere along the line, it, it kind of dawned on us that there was really something going on in, in this little neighborhood that had been kind of uh, forgotten. Okay. I mean, ourselves, Thayer. There were really only th- two or three businesses in the neighborhood
1: down there. Yeah, um, and it seemed more. I mean, like you're, it's more industrial almost. Absolutely, it was kind of that know. that like, okay, there's businesses here, but they're not. You know, you don't have people walking around and, and doing things. They're more like you said, going to work and then going home. Absolutely, and, and we could have done
0: our business where wherever. Yeah. you know, the customers weren't coming to us. It's not a retail business. It's not a walk in business. But we're butted up against. Auto Specialties, mm-hmm. Benton Harbor Malleable, Superior Steel. I mean, it's Foundry Row back there, yeah. Um, which all of that is now Harbor Shores. Right. So, um, yeah, the landscape totally changed.
3: Um, and we felt like, you know, we've
0: been there forever. Maybe we could have a little impact on this, the inception of this yeah. new neighborhood. Right. Um so that's kind of how that started. And then in 2007 and 2008, um, mind you, Harbor Shores wouldn't open until 2009 or 2010. Mm-hmm. But in 2007 and eight, the entire Harts uh, District was the beneficiary of a significant infrastructure, streetscape project, right. totally changed the appearance of the neighborhood. I mean, it was like going to work in an entirely different place. That's awesome. You were used to broken sidewalks, you know, potholes in the roads, trash and litter in the gutters, if not worse. And then all of a sudden you've got brick inlay, tree planters. Yeah. It's fun. It was really neat.
1: And then you saw all that stuff happening. You were like, okay, well, let's let's get some more things going on because you've 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 really you this whole real estate thing and this whole uh you know, renovation thing is I mean, you can have you can probably have your own TV show uh doing all that stuff because to see some of these projects uh go from where they are to where they were to where they are, I think is pretty cool. Uh and I think it's pretty interesting. So your vision is is I think pretty um pretty neat with the stuff that you're able to do. Um what what's been your favorite project to 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 work on and what was your one that you said that's my that's my crowning achievement
0: well there's really been only two projects yeah one of them has lasted 14 years <laughs> and that being still going that being the Brammel building yeah, so uh, which is I mean it's a big building, it's thirty thousand square feet, so um, that's where it started yep and the building itself is kind of divided into three sections it's actually three buildings that were mm-hmm. built at different times um, we tackled the oldest first, because it wasn't even part of our business, Yeah, even though we had owned it since the 50s, uh, it had just been leased to a couple of light industrial concerns, and they, um, they reached retirement age, moved on, so we were left with a pretty large space that had not seen any improvements since it was built in 1922, and it was kind of like, well, it's time to either... Do something with this or yeah, or really to tear it down because yeah. it was heading in the wrong direction in a big way,
1: yeah, because that's when you look when you look at older buildings like that you, you you have a vision, then you get it really get into it, you get a, a you know somebody to come in and check it out and say, mm, that that vision is really it's not going to happen because you know maybe a structural issue or something right. like that
0: but there were other um other local Influences mm-hmm. that kind of made the renovation route attractive and exciting in in that there were other artists that were they had planted the flag mm-hmm. they've had several years of success um, there's young people that are gravitating to the area. Uh, it has this collegial um, creative vibe and it's like well if there were more people living down here yeah. then there would really be some traction um or theoretically there would be that was right. uh, that was what we had hoped would happen yeah um so we kind of said well let's do it
1: yeah cuz you you see that happen in many different areas where they they say okay well let's let's uh let's put some apartments or let's put something like that in here and yeah there is that hope like maybe if we Build them a house, they'll live in it. You know, they'll come to it. It was
0: totally, if you build it, it will come. Uh, But there was also some serendipity along the way because, um, you know, we knew we wanted to do living spaces upstairs and we knew we were going to be able to carve out four or five apartments. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really know what we were going to do on the street level. um, And just coincidentally met with... uh, Susan Dietrich Reed, who Mm -hmm. had a music program at the Salvation Army. And she was successful. She had a little bit of a following, but for whatever reason, she was about to lose her space at the the Salvation Army. So she was looking for a new home for this music program. And I said, well, I'm looking for a tenant for this street-level space. Mm -hmm. Um, And we continued to kind of explore that idea, and we ended up basically building that space out for the Citadel. Yeah. And they have a great, I mean, it's big city. It's really cool. Have you, have you ever been into the Citadel? Oh, absolutely. I've sang in the. the okay, in that well, room Okay, well, there before. you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Then you know what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: when the, I remember the first time I, I walked in there, um, it was when we uh, we started doing the chorus for the, the Southwest Michigan Symphony, and they were like, oh, we're, we'll practice in here. And I'm like, this place is awesome. Yeah. And it, it not only sounds great, but it was just – I was mesmerized because, you know, everybody loves the exposed brick and the things like that. But I just loved how the, the layout and it's just it's so cool to have that. And it's so great that you, you have these places that people can congregate. They can sing. They can have spread music and, and love in the community. And I love that you that you were able to to have that happen and I guess be a part of it. Were you doing this, did you have a love of music and and the arts when you're going into the arts district and music and and all this? Because I feel like, I know your kids do, your kids are into the arts, but were you ever really into it? I really wasn't.
0: Okay. Uh, It was, uh, there's kind of a little bit of a parallel story here. Um, My youngest daughter, Mm -hmm. uh, who is very talented and uh, very musical, great voice, It was the beginning of her um, development in her early career that kind of paralleled the Citadel. So was it an intentional, um, you know, development because of her? No, I don't think it was, but I I do think they were kind of tied together uh, in some
1: Yeah. Your appreciation of that. You're, you're seeing your, your daughter develop. And then, you, you know, it, it was just paths crossing, I guess, Correct. kind of, where it was like, oh, well, she's into this. I'm having these conversations. This is happening. It's all coming together.
0: And the, the other thing was. Um,
3: seeing my daughter. Grow into
0: her love for that. Mm-hmm. And kind of connecting that with other young people and. Um, recognizing that that path is so important for young people when they can find their own passion. And if it's music, well, this is this is really uh, this is going to be a great um, addition to the community.
1: Right. And and that the important thing for any musician or artist is to have a place for it. Mm -hmm. And you you kind of you built the place. Yeah. So that that's great. I love that that because I've appreciated it. I know your daughters appreciate sure. it. I know many other people in the community have appreciated it. What are, what are some other projects? Let's talk about because um, you did that and then
0: you moved down the road a little bit. Right. Is that, that right? That was quite a few years later. You, a few uh, years later. So yeah. The first project was the Citadel and the four, mm-hmm. the quarter note lofts. So you've got the music center and we've got four lofts. So we name them the quarter note lofts.
1: Right. Four. The theme is four. But then, when uh, you are you going to get into eighths and sixteenths?
0: Well, a couple of years, we, <laughs> we didn't know the outcome of these lofts. You know, yeah. we didn't know we were going to uh, meet with success or not. Um, but it, you know, they filled right away. People were happy to be living there, so we added a fifth. So that was the fifth quarter. Okay. And yeah. Then, and then a couple of years later, two more. And then a couple of years later, two more. So nine altogether. Now there are nine quarter note lofts. I don't know what the math is there, but I, you could
1: uh, <laughs> I mean, you could put some triplets in there. I mean, that's still musical. So that works. Um, and then uh, are you lo- still loving the, the renovation and the, and the projects like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it got under your skin, so I was always looking for the next thing. We just finished the last two, just this year. Yeah. So that's how long. When I say 14 years, I'm, I'm serious. Now, you have the vision, but you also
1: somehow, you've made friends with architects and other people mm-hmm. to, to kind of do all that. Because you're not, the, like you said, you're not the one swinging the hammer yep. and doing all that. You just say, this would look cool. Let's make this happen. Yep. So you find somebody to, to do with that.
0: Yep. And... Um, Chris Brooks, Brooks Architectural, he's been with me ever since day one. So he's had a hand in everything that I've done. Um, The first four units and the Citadel were, um, the contractor was uh, Steve and Brian Nitz. And then after that, uh, Shane Franks from Greenspan has done everything. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, at one point, have they ever said, Ken, that's too much? We can't do no, that. No, they we have never said that. that. Your vision is is a little skewed and a little uh not in reality here. No, they
0: They usually um steer you in the right direction. You may have an idea that really isn't.
1: Yeah. So you're not in, a, in the you weren't into the arts growing up, but you you obviously at work when you were working were kind of in the mechanical side of things. So do you how do you think when you think of something do you think of the 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 vision as in the architectural way or the artistic way do you kind of how does your mind work
0: uh
3: well i i just i think that old
0: buildings mm-hmm. have so much potential to be reimagined and have second lives that you know for purposes completely different from what they were intended to be used for. And I think that's very um exciting and you can it's a it's a blank canvas. It's about you know, you can kind of vision a uh, an old building in a in all kinds of different ways. It's it's so fun. It's um it's romantic,
1: mm-hmm. it's mysterious, magnetic. Makes you angry every once in a while. It does that. <laughs> but
0: you know, everybody loves exposed brick. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things that people walk in and say, I love exposed
1: brick. Right. <laughs> but those, those things don't happen without the many years of, of the character being built, I guess. True. Because uh, that, that you, can't, you can't fake that. Correct. There's so many times where people, oh, well, it's exposed brick. It's a brand new building. Yes. It's like, no. What I love is that you've. It's authentic. Yeah, it's authentic and you have that that vision of oh let's let's take this something that is not being used uh maybe been been sitting dormant for for many years or in other cases oh we've been doing this type of thing in this building let's 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 go somewhere else let's go into the fifth quarter and in yeah. some overtime and and see all that do you ever get tired of it
2: uh well
0: i mean
1: it, it yeah, it wears on you a little bit. I mean, you kind of have to
0: catch your breath a little bit along the way.
1: Do your kids have that mechan- mechanical mindset, or I guess that because I like is that you think at both sides of things—the mechanical, but also the the artistic side. Using both sides of the brain here uh, to make some of that stuff happen. Do your kids have they gotten into kind of that renovation style thing? Because. That's obviously been a very popular thing with all the different shows and things that you watch and people taking something and turning it into something else. Do they have any aspirations of kind of taking that on in in the community when you're all done? Eh, Possibly. Possibly. Um, I would say that the, uh, you
0: know, the industrial style, there are elements of that style in their home. So I know I've had some effect. Uh, as far as getting you know really involved with a project of their own, um, it's possible, but it's it's not imminent,
1: yeah, like the, has any of your daughters bought their first house, and yeah. do you walk in and say, mm, I don't see it." because like, <laughs> mo- most houses that you buy when you're especially your first house, it's your fixer upper, and you've done some fixer uppers or some you know completely new projects. you go in there and say, I
0: don't see it? Try not to try not to. Yeah. You got to learn your own, uh, you know, you got to make your own mistakes.
1: (laughs) One thing that I like, and that's the thing is the rich history of, of places in the community. And you've, you've uh, been able to be a part of some of that stuff. Uh, And, you know, one, one show that I used to love watching was the, if walls could talk, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the history behind something. When you were doing any of this renovation, was there any cool finds or things that you were like, whoa, whoa, we got to we got to either preserve this or or do something else?
0: Those are those were the rewarding uh, unexpected finds that uh, they're they're a lot of fun.
3: Um, Jumping to the
0: other building that Mm -hmm. I mentioned, which. um. Is a short ways away from the Bramble Building, the the Sheffield, uh, yeah. which is on Pipestone, home of the Houndstooth mm-hmm. Restaurant. So in that building, um, a couple of interesting finds, not not major, but kind of interesting. Uh, when the sidewalk had to be torn up to bring our our new water surface uh, service in, mm-hmm. we discovered a brass uh, curbstone, brass oh. letters said W.E. Sheffield. Somehow that was probably a sidewalk mm-hmm. address marker, sure. maybe. Um, and we were able to save that. And now it's at the back door where you enter the, the rear of the yeah. restaurant. We were able to save that. Um, but also in the same building, an interesting find was that um, we discovered a space underneath the stairway that goes to the second floor. Mm. And the space uh, actually had been used as a dressing room for the adjacent building, which was at that time the Henness Company, the men's clothing store. Yeah. So, from the men's clothing store, there was a small passageway into a space that was underneath our stairway that they used as a dressing room. Wow. There was no evidence of it from the Sheffield side, Hmm. but uh, it was just a Work uh, discovery and yeah. we approached the owner and said, you know, this is kind of a fire issue for us because mm-hmm. the space is right under our wooden stairs. It's really part of our building's envelope. Is it okay if we um, block it off and, sure. and make sure that it's safe and so on? And as it turned out, that space became Uh, additional seating for the hounds too. So they actually gained about six seats uh, by that discovery. There you go. Extra seats. Every (laughs) restaurant loves extra seats. It was a small small restaurant to begin with, so those six seats were actually pretty important.
1: Yeah, nice intimate setting for sure. (laughs) And and being a dressing room, intimates, it totally works. Um,
0: What's your next project? I don't have one on the docket but i have uh i still have remaining space in the in the bramble yeah, building yeah because when the uh yeah. when the um people who acquired us moved to saint joe that opened up quite a bit of warehouse space sure so that warehouse space hopefully we find a higher and better use for
1: 16 quarters maybe? No, i don't
0: no. think so i'd, I'd re- really like to see um you know some sort of um Something that is compatible with the Arts District, something that is complementary, something that adds, um, you know, more activity, Mm -hmm. more people, more traffic. Yeah. I know what I would love to have, but I don't know if it'll ever happen, and that would be a small grocery store. A small grocery store. Ooh, I like that.
1: So you're talking like small, small,
0: a boutique grocery store. It's you know there's probably uh, six or seven thousand square feet. Sure. Um, The mural that's on the front of the building that Mm -hmm. you're uh, familiar with. Mm -hmm. That that behind that mural, originally the building had three uh, plate glass windows. Okay. So structurally the the lintels, the you know those Mm -hmm. openings are still Mm -hmm. there, and they could be uh the opened up so you would have you know just if you can envision yeah. three garage doors that open up onto the right. sidewalk yeah um a cafe or coffee shop in the front with a boutique grocery store on the inside and
1: I like that that would be cool yeah because I, I think and that's a that's something like you said not only works with with the area but the now with the the amount of foot traffic and people in the community it not only um would look cool but it could fill a need too.
0: It's not just the people who live down there. Right. I mean if you think about it anybody yeah. north of the river, yeah. Ridgeway, Harbor Shores, Higman Park, mm-hmm. M63, Enterprise Way. I mean it's a pretty long list of neighborhoods. They all have to drive across town to go to the grocery store.
1: Absolutely. And if especially if they want to do something quick, yeah. if they're within that region and they want to just, you know, do something quick, even people that are working down there or people that are in that area want to just a quick stop be able to do it in a
0: nice cool little grocery the only thing johnny is i'm not going to put the apron on
1: you're not putting you're not even when you retire you're not gonna just say i'll i'll be a grocery store guy no i'll do it i'll do it i would i would do it if you if you'd build a grocery store i would do it that's that's something i've never done before so so sign me up circle back on that yeah we will uh let's talk a little bit about that like did you ever have? do you have anything to do with Harbor Shores at all?
0: Nope, just a cheerleader. You yeah. know, just absolutely think that it's uh, an unbelievable success yeah. story. Just a, something that, you know, 30 years ago, I don't think anybody could have gotten their head around uh, a project like right. that, that size and, and how transformational it has been.
1: Yeah, and obviously, obviously, you appreciate it because you've done the same thing. You've taken something that, I mean, a much more monumental project that Harbor Shores is, but you've taken something that maybe isn't in use and you've turned it into something else and something very useful. But um, what that's what I love about Harbor Shores more than just the fact that it's a beautiful golf course. It brings so many things. in. I, I, my first thing I always tell people is,
0: yeah, but guess what it was before. It it, it is. Um... It's really a, an amazing project it really is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I've had so many great times in that at that place. Um, so you're doing that you're doing some renovation stuff. Um what what do you have a a hope or vision being somebody that's been in this now fifth generation now with six generations do you have do you have grandkids yet?
0: Yeah, I have four. You have four grandkids? Plus fifth on the way.
1: So that's what now Seven generations that are... Well, that'll be, yeah, seven. seven and, and some of them still in the area. Yep. Wow. What's that been like to, to go from being a son growing up here to then being a father to now being a grandfather? Has your thoughts about life or even the community, has it changed at all? I think people who are from
0: Southwest Michigan, the... the um, the initial tendency is for you to leave the area Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. Too small, too quaint, but almost always when those same people, you know, begin their own families and uh, come to appreciate a small town, amazing natural resources, um, you know, my hope would be for my kids to, you know, Migrate back here because I think it's a great place to raise a family.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yes. I mean, I left for like a year and a half and said, man, eh, it ain't um,
0: so bad there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go other places and, and see some other things. I'll come back. Yeah. Southwest Michigan is pretty great. That's it why is. I like calling it home. Um, And so what's next for you?
0: No, I don't, I, I don't have anything on my uh, radar. I, you know, I just try to um, continue to, be an advocate for that neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm not. I don't have the skill set to have influence on, you know, politics right. or any any larger uh, area. But I felt like you know, four or five square blocks, I can actually have some influence on. Yeah, hope I can continue to do that.
1: And what are your hopes to? The, the, I mean, you have a vision, and we don't want to get into politics and and any of that stuff, but. And, you know, you're only one person and you can help influence some other people a little bit. But what's your hope for that whole community? I mean, I'm talking like Benton Harbor, St. Joe, all the, the surrounding areas besides a grocery store, uh, which I think would be really
0: cool. Uh, what are your hopes and dreams for the community? Well, I think we're starting to see it. It's uh, it's a slow moving train. But, yeah, you know, you've got Whirlpool building a 70 or 80 unit uh, apartment building mm-hmm. along the waterfront if you can turn the clock ahead 10 or 15 years that waterfront is going to look entirely different yep. it's going to continue to draw people the population is going to continue to grow hopefully you'll see some uh additional development in in Benton Harbor in mm-hmm. uh, in or near the arts district i think that you should that we should build upon our successes you know if there's already a nucleus Of density, I think that's where additional development should happen. There's no need to have islands of development. Let's let's work to to make what exists already stronger. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I hopefully, hopefully we will see that.
1: Yeah, I think there's so many people like you that have great vision and and great you know drive to to have something happen. It's just always bringing those people together. Correct. That that sometimes like. You have those conversations, much like one reason why I do this this uh, podcast is not only do I love meeting people and, and learning more about them and talking about their lives, but even through this process, I've noticed that, hey, you should meet this person. You need to talk to this person. You need to talk to this person because you guys are you guys are talking the same language sure. and you're talking that you have the same thought processes. So I guess I'm like a matchmaker, too, with all that. So. Maybe I could work at the grocery store. I could help people uh, find what they need. Send me your resume. <laughs> I'll work on that. Um, one thing I do like to ask people, and uh, you know, I have a long list of questions uh, that I, I'd like to ask people, but one in particular is if you were to write a book, whether it be an autobiography or just anything like that, what would you title it?
0: I don't know that I have a good answer. On you don't that. have a good answer for it? No.
1: Maybe we'll just do a, an ellipsis or oh, some quarter like notes some quarter notes. the fifth quarter.
0: <laughs> okay, I like that.
1: We could brainstorm on them.
0: There is some you know there uh, Albert Einstein said that not everything that you can measure matters, mm-hmm. not everything that matters can be measured. I, I I like i for some reason, that has stayed with me for a for a long time because not everything. That can be measured, i.e. money. Mm-hmm. Not everything in that direction really matters. And a lot of what really does matter, it doesn't have anything to do with money.
1: No. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, Ken, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've had a great time. I'm learning more about you. I look forward to more conversations in the future. But thank you so much for taking some time to chat with that's me about my
0: it. My pleasure. Thank you, Johnny.
1: Thank you for listening to Start From the Beginning, Stories from Southwest Michigan. Special thanks to our guests for telling their stories. And if you have a story to tell, I'd love to hear more. Please reach out to me by emailing Talk at wsjm.com. That's Talk at wsjm.com. You can listen to this podcast and all the episodes wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This is a Midwest Family Production. I'm Johnny Reinhart, join me next time for another great story on Start From the Beginning, Stories from Southwest Michigan.